0: Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbour. Join with us now as Pastor Joe Pettick teaches from the book of Revelation, chapter
1: 9. If you can please turn with me to Revelation 9, verse 13. title of our message is Evil Invasion. I remember when I was very young probably in second or third grade and our parents had gone out for the night and they were out late later than usual so we all had to you know go to bed and and after I fell asleep I remember my sister waking me up and and she said you know she called me Joey at the time she said Joey wake up she says there's someone in our house there's burglars in the house and she said put the covers over your head because if you see them and you can identify them they'll kill you. (laughs) and she ran out of the room. So I just remember I took the covers over my head and I'm holding the covers, but I, the more I thought about them seeing me, I was shaking you know, underneath these covers. And I thought, you know, they're going to see. I mean, after, after a while, the whole bed shaking. I'm just like <laughs> freaking out. Like, are they going to come in my room? You know, so, so finally I thought they're going to shoot me just to put me out of my misery. So I'm getting, I'm not going to stay under the cover. So I ran into her room and, and uh, we went downstairs into the basement to, you know, tell my older brother and tried to wake him up. He didn't want to wake up. So we we're just shaking him, trying to get him up. And, uh, so we decided to get on the phone and call the police. And as she was talking to the police, she was real quiet. You know, she says, you know, there's, there's, you know, burglars in our house. And they said, you have to speak up. And she said, there's burglars. No, they said, yell it out. <laughs> what is your address? So she yells it out. And when she yelled, the people upstairs that were in our house, they, uh, they were frightened and they, you know, they ran out of the house. You can hear them go out the sliding door. They knocked over something on the table, the salt and pepper shaker. big. You ever those big salt and pepper shakers? <laughs> They're about this big. Yeah, those ones. <laughs> You know, they knocked those over, and they ran out of the house. And the police came, my parents came, and it, you know, everything was fine. But as I think of evil invasion, I mean, that could have turned out a lot worse. But it was, you know, our home was invaded. Thieves were in the house, you know, and it was an evil invasion. It was pretty traumatic for a young kid, but thank God it all turned out great. But as we, we talk about an evil invasion, the story we're going to look at is an evil invasion that's going to affect the whole earth. Everyone on the earth is going to be affected by this uh, evil invasion. It's going to be demonic. We kind of looked at some stuff yesterday, or excuse me, last Sunday about uh, hell on earth. And so I wish I could say it only, you know, it's going to get better, but it's getting worse. And this is a true story. So this is the story of an evil invasion. So with that being said, let's go ahead and look at our text. Again, Revelation 9, verse 13. It says, Then the sixth angel sounded, So Revelation 9, verse 13, the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. Now the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million I heard the number of them, and thus I saw the horses of the vision. Those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red, hyacinth blue, sulfur and sulfur yellow, and the heads of the horses were as, like the heads of lions, and out of the mouth came fire, smoke, and brimstone. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire, the smoke, and the brimstone that came out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails. For their tails are like serpents having heads, and with them they do harm. But the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent, very important, they did not repent of their works, of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders, or their sorceries, or the sexual immoralities, or their thefts. This is heavy stuff, isn't it? We've been looking at the, they're called the trumpet judgments. There's seven. This is number six. There's still one more trumpet judgment. Remember, whoa, whoa, whoa. There was three, you know, terrible trumpets. The last three, well, this is the second one. If you recall the, the fifth one, as we looked at last Sunday, when the trumpets sound, the, the demons basically from the, the bottomless pit were released. And as they were released, remember they were like, they're, they're called locusts, but they stung like scorpions and they would sting men. And the, the torment of the sting was so terrible that, uh, that men wanted to die. But it says they were not able to die. For five months they were in torment. So even those that tried to commit suicide could not even die They would be tormented for five months. So it's just terrible stuff we've been looking at. And now the sixth one goes out. But before we look at that, I just want to look at a little timeline. I kind of, I don't know if you like these uh, little charts, but I I like these charts. This is kind of a timeline, I, I believe, of end times. I know there's some that have different eschatology. They believe the rapture is going to happen at different times. So that's, you know, that's neither here nor there. That's not a salvation issue just so you know, if someone is telling you, no, no, the rapture is not going to happen until the, the middle of the tribulation period or it's not going to happen until the end of the tribulation period, it doesn't mean they're not saved. It just means they're wrong. No, I'm sorry. It means that they, they have a different, sorry about that, being sarcastic. They have a different eschatology. It's just the way we interpret. I believe the Bible interprets uh, very clearly, personally, that the rapture is going to take place just before the tribulation period or definitely before the tribulation period hits. So if you look to the left of your screen We're in this part right here, the present church age. We're right there. When the rapture takes place, which I believe is soon, here, I'll put the date down, August 14th, 2016. (laughs) And I believe, look at this, watch this. I think we're right here. I don't know for sure, but I, I believe we're very close to that point right there. You know, some might tell you, you know, it's a long way away, but the way the world's going, all that's taking place biblically as we look at the Bible. We look at what's happening in Israel. We watch the formation, I believe, of the, the armies that are forming with uh, Russia, Iran. Now Turkey's talking about coming on with Russia. All the, all the players are in place. It's almost like the chessboard. Everything's in place. And I believe the rapture can happen at any time. So I believe we're right about there. I don't know. I've kind of, you notice I put the, I put it just right there, right on top of the rapture. So could happen today. How many would like the rapture to happen right now? Would it? Should we get to see if there's hands. Okay, about 50% of the room. I hope the 50, more than 50% goes up, though, to tell you the truth. So. so the three and a half years, the first three and a half years, is called the beginning of sorrows. It's not called the great tribulation period. I believe right around Revelation 13, when we see the desecration of the temple. So, so know this. We're, where we're at right now in, in chapter nine, the Antichrist has already stepped on the scene. The, he was riding a white horse. He comes as a, a man of peace and prosperity. The world's going to embrace him like a Messiah. They're going to believe that he's going to solve the economical problems. He's going to solve the world's problems, financial problems. He's going to bring prosperity. So many people today are looking for prosperity. We want to prosper. Everybody wants peace. So he's going to come in with this false peace. He's going to come in with false prosperity. And so there's going to be a time that's going to seem right. I want to point something out. We really don't know for sure uh, after the rapture when the beginning of the tribulation period starts. You can't point to any scripture to say, "Oh no, we can look at it right here." We're not sure exactly when it starts. We we believe shortly after the rapture is going to happen. It, it might take six months. It might take a, the reason why most people believe that it's going to take place right after because think of this: when the rapture comes, this place is going to be chaos, right? Planes are going to fall from the sky, cars are going to run into one another, people are all going to be lifted up, houses are going to be vacated. There's going to be all kinds of just it's going to be chaos. So they, so many believe because of the chaos, that's going to start off the tribulation period. The Antichrist will come on the scene and he'll, he'll look like he's this great, uh, world leader. They're going to embrace him around the world. Um, devastation takes place during this first three and a half years. We've been looking at the seal judgment. Jesus was opening up the, the seals, the title deed of planet earth. So we've been looking at that. And that's happens during the, the first three and a half years. Uh, the temple will be built. So know this, that the temple in Israel, there in Jerusalem, will be rebuilt. There will be another temple. And what's going to happen in the middle of the, the tribulation period, this Antichrist, this false prophet, or excuse me, the Antichrist will be there, false prophet, Satan will be there. But uh, this, this leader is going to go into the, the, into the temple and he's going to declare himself to be God. And at that point... Many of the Jewish people are gonna realize, wait a second, this is not the Messiah, and they're gonna flee, they're gonna run, and they're gonna, you know, they're gonna take off. God's gonna protect them. So that's gonna mark the, the the midway period of the tribulation period. Then it'll be the, the Great Tribulation period. After the Great Tribulation period, seven years, okay, Jesus Christ will return with the earth with guess who? Us. We're gonna be riding on white horses. My wife has allergies to horses, so she's I don't think she's gonna have allergies at that point. We're gonna come we're gonna come in with Jesus. Jesus is gonna set his foot on the Mount of Olives, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna speak a word and he's gonna destroy the armies that are that are after him, the armies that defy him. He's gonna take Satan and the false prophet and the the Antichrist, and they're gonna be bind Satan for a thousand years. Then there's gonna be so they're gonna be bound for a thousand years. And then there's there'll be the millennial period, the thousand-year uh millennial period, we're going to rule and reign with him during that period right here, millennial Christ of, uh, reign of Christ, then the final judgment. So that's when uh, Satan, the false prophet, and all the evil and, and all, they're going to be uh, put, cast out into the lake of fire, and then we live happily ever after, right there, eternal state. Isn't that great? Let's get ahead for happily ever after. That's what it's true. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, I don't know about you, but the way things are going around the world and things that are happening, the evil that's taking place, I look forward to a new heaven and a new earth. I look forward to the day when there's no more uh, influence of evil. We're going to live in a world at one, one time when Satan will have absolutely no rain. We won't have to deal with flesh. We won't have to deal with you know, temptations and all the things that we deal with. That's all going to be gone one day. So back to our text here. Why don't you look back with me? Verse 13. Then the sixth angel sounded. So get the picture. There's seven angels. The sixth angel sounds. And as he sounds his trumpet, it says, And I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God. Uh, The voice, a voice. Many believe, and I believe, this is Jesus. He's there at the altar. He's at the altar of incense, the the golden altar. And with his voice, he he commands this angel to go and release, as we're going to look at the the four angels at the the great river Euphrates. But, you know, Jesus is in control. So I believe that's his voice. So get the picture. He's standing there at the altar, and he he makes a command, and he's standing at the four horns of the golden altar. Uh, For those that don't know what that is, that's the altar of incense. So I'm going to put a picture up, just kind of give you a little bit of a visual. Uh, The high priest would go in, and he would offer incense. He had the golden censer in his hand, and... And then he would offer incense on the golden altar there, the altar of incense. Uh, It represents prayer. So prayer is going up. And so I believe this is connected. Jesus is standing at this, this altar of prayer. And it's as if it, what I believe is that the prayers going up, and it's the prayer possibly of the martyred saints saying, uh, "How long, O Lord, until you avenge the earth? Until you avenge us on the earth? These evil people on the earth? How long?" So it's all—it's like, like the prayers. And we kind of looked at this once before. Our prayers that are not answered—they're they're kind of held in heaven somehow, and they're they're held there for for God's perfect timing. So if you've prayed for things and you're wondering how long, Lord, well, God has a perfect timing. God's delays are not God's denials. Sometimes there's a delay. So here we see there's, the prayers are going out, and now de- devastation. He's going to strike the earth. And I believe he's answering the prayer of the martyred saints. He, he's, they're saying, when are you going to deal with the evil on the earth? Well, he's been dealing with it. Well, it's like one more time he's going to deal again with those that are evil on the earth. But it shows us, and I just want to maybe put that up, that prayer plays a significant role in end-time end events. Uh, prayer plays a significant role in end time events our our prayers as we pray thy kingdom come you know i believe that in the in the bible it says we should pray that every day give us this day our daily bread in that prayer part of that prayer we should pray you know uh, for the for the lord's return thy kingdom come lord thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven i could say i pray that at least probably once a day I, i pray that prayer lord may your kingdom come And sometimes I think of it as the altar of incense. I think, I'm like, Lord, I don't know when it's going to be, but but may your kingdom come. May these prayers go right before your altar. May you come soon. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. And I want to use this to remind everyone and remind us that prayer is so important. And the days that we're living in, it's it's not a good time to neglect our prayer life. One of our greatest weapons that we have is the weapon of prayer. And I love the weapon of prayer. After the second service last Sunday, a young man came forward and was talking about some things he was going through. After a while, we realized that he wasn't, a, he wasn't born of God's Holy Spirit, and, and he opened up his heart. He prayed to receive Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. And, and as we were praying for him, it was just we were right here, standing right here. Pastor Chad was with us, and, and the, the two gentlemen were right here, this young man. And as we were praying, God's Holy Spirit just, just met us in a special way, and God touched this man. And it was so awesome because we were all kind of getting the benefit of him being saved. Did you ever have that happen? It's like God was just ministering to us and then he's weeping and we're, we're like, you know, fighting our tears back because God's sweet presence was there. And you could just see a change take place right before our eyes. He was being changed, transformed by the glory of God, by the power of God's Holy Spirit, by prayer. Simple prayer, just asking God. You know, when you pray according to God's will, He shows up. I'll tell you, our Thursday night prayers have been just so awesome lately. I mean, literally, we're talking about what we, have, what we can do to make more room in the, the high school room. And that's a pretty good-sized room. So we're talking about, I think, this next Sunday or uh, Thursday, we're going to take tables out so we can make some more room because literally, we're just getting packed into that place. And it's just a wonderful blessing. And, I, and I, I believe I know why, because people that are showing up, they're realizing the power of prayer. God shows up. And, and even if, I, I believe on the Thursday night prayer time when we're together praying, it's like, I almost I get to this place, Lord, even if you don't answer one of these prayers, thank you for your presence here with us right now. We, we're, we're experiencing the realization that when two or three are gathered together, you're right here. We're to be people of prayer. Remember that story about the about the Christian lady that had an atheist neighbor, and she was praying for God to provide groceries and food for her family, and her window was open, and her atheist neighbor could hear her praying, and she's like, Lord, provide. You know, I know you're going to provide for us, and we need, you know, food for the family, and it's, it's been a rough month, and this and that, so she's praying and praying. Well, the atheist neighbor went out and bought groceries. Remember that story? And he set him on the, the front porch, and he hid in the... He hid in the bushes. He's knocked on the door. He hid in the bushes, and she comes out on the porch, and she's jumping up and down, dancing. Yeah, praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And he gets out of the bushes. He says, he goes, that's not Jesus. He says, I bought those groceries for you. He says, there's no God. Look, this was me. And she looked at him. She looked at the grocery. She goes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. She goes, she goes I knew you were going to provide. She goes, but I didn't know you were going to use the devil's money. <laughs> <laughs> God hears our prayers. How he answers those prayers is up to him. 1 John five fourteen, I love this verse. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, in God. This is the confidence we have. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Is that your prayer life? Do you have that confidence? This is the confidence that we have in him. This is the confidence we should have. John the Apostle is telling us through this verse, this is the confidence we should have in God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. When when you're praying according to his will, God hears. When you're asking for loved ones to be saved, that's according to his will. It's his will that none shall perish. He hears that prayer. And the confidence you should have when you pray for things according to his will, you should have Great confidence in that. When you, when you ask him to help you, let's say you're going through worry or stress or, or, or fear, well, have confidence, he hears that prayer because he doesn't want any of us to worry. He doesn't want any of us to have fear. He doesn't want any of us to be stressed out. So you pray that according to his will. Say, Lord, you know, your word says be anxious for nothing. I'm not supposed to stress out. I'm not supposed to be worried. Uh, Lord, this is worrying me right now. Can you take this worry away? And guess what? You have the confidence that he hears you. And if that verse stopped right there, I would be good with that. But it doesn't stop there. What else does it say? The next verse says, and if we know that he hears us, so we should know that he hears us. That should be a given. Every time you pray and you're praying according to his will, you should know by confidence God hears that prayer. Lord, save my loved ones that don't know you. He hears that prayer. We, you should have confidence in that. God, take away stress. Or God, you know, help open up your word to me. Open up the, you know, help me to understand your word, Lord. Open that up to me. He, he'll hear that prayer. And you should know that. But also, if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. We have the petitions. If it's according to his will, you, you, know, you can pray and say, God, according to your will, I know that you're, you're providing this for me. Whatever it is. And those two verses should truly transform our prayer life to realize, God, this is according to your will. So, Lord, take care of this, Lord. Lord, handle this. But understand something. He, God provides for all of our needs, but not all of our greeds. There's times that we'll pray and say, oh God, I, you know, this and that. and that. Well, that's not according to his will. Those are really just greeds that you have. But if you pray anything according to his will, he's going to hear you and you have that confidence that he's going to provide and he's going to take care of it. So we see a picture in heaven. We see the altar of incense again. We see the fact that prayers, they represent prayers before God. And the prayers of the the martyred saints and the prayers of, of, of the believers that have been praying for centuries and centuries, thy kingdom come, the reality is taking place, God is purging the earth and he's answering those prayers. And don't forget, he hears your prayers. Next verse, verse 14. And then it goes on, he says, saying to the sixth angel, so Jesus talking to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, so you get the picture. The angel's up there with the trumpet. He just blew the trumpet. Prayers are being offered up. Jesus is standing there. He's like interpreting, I believe, these prayers that are coming up for him to him. And he talks to this angel, says, hey, um, I want you to release those four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. Is this fascinating stuff? There's, there's actual angels that are bound. These are, these are four angels. I, I believe these are fallen angels because I, I don't believe God would bind good angels. So these are fallen angels. They're bound at the river Euphrates. Uh, we don't have time to go into the river Euphrates. Uh, basically, it ran through the, the, the ancient Babylon where false religion started. Um, it was one of the four rivers in the Garden of Eden. And there's just on and on. There's so much history with this great river Euphrates. It was the eastern boundary of the Promised Land. It is the eastern boundary of the Promised Land. And there's just you should do your own study on the, east, the uh, river Euphrates. But there's these angels and they're evil. Why were they bound? We don't know, it doesn't say. I believe that they were bound because these are destructive angels. And they're like, it's almost like they're just standing there ready to destroy, and God's like, no, just, just hold off. They're, they're not going to do any destruction until I give them word. And now they get the word to be released, and we're told in the next verse, in verse 15, that they're released, and they're released to kill one-third of mankind. One-third. Do you remember when we looked at the, the seal judgments and how already a quarter of the earth has been wiped out? If my math is right, that's, over, that's 50% of the earth is going to be wiped out by this time, 50%. That means, listen, if you go into the tribulation period, you have less than a 50% chance with all the other judgments and all the other killing and everything else that happens, you have a less than 50% chance of survival during the tribulation period, less than 50% chance. Who wants to go into the tribulation period? Anybody? No, of course not. Evil's unleashed. Evil is so bad at this point, God is dealing with it. Most of the people on the earth, they they want nothing to do with God. They'd rather, you know, go after evil and the Antichrist and the false prophet, false religion. There's going to be a one-world religion, and they're going to be following after demonic ways. The false prophet is going to be, you know, led by by, uh, Satan himself. And God's like, do you want evil? I'll give it to you. And he gives them over to evil. So why are we studying as believers? Why are we studying all this? I believe we get to see what we're going to miss out on. This is what we're going to miss out on. We're not going to go through this stuff. With this, I'd like to point out the fact that the spiritual realm affects the physical realm. Do you ever think of that before? The, the spiritual realm affects the physical realm. There's spiritual realm all around. There's... there's There's good angels, as we talked about last week. There's bad angels. There's good angels. There's battles taking place. Michael. I I can't wait. I'm looking forward to seeing Michael the archangel, aren't you? He's like the archangel. The only, you know, the one we know for sure is an archangel. Archangel. And there's just this battle that's taking place. and somehow, some way, listen, as we pray, battles take place, things happen in the spiritual realm. I, I believe if we could just see half of what's happening, I would probably be, you know, just you know, just watching this. You know imagine this. we're praying, you know, we have a prayer meeting Thursday night, and we just see these angels go Shh, dispatching Shh, going off like missiles.. Shh. And Lord, we pray for Shh, before we even get it out of our mouth. And Lord, please help.' like, whoa.
0: listening to glory to glory with pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor if you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ call now at 714-788-8221 that's 714-788-8221 we'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach California 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.